So welcome, Chef Carol. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Good. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Chef Carol is a eight-time gold medalist in the Culinary Olympics. He's been awarded three presidential medals to the American Culinary Federation. Uh, three-time author. It's pretty hard to name things that Chef Carol has not done, uh, except been on the Stove Monkey Studio podcast. So today is a, <laughs> a milestone for everybody. We're all super excited for you to be here. Uh, Chef, tell us uh, who you are and what, what it is that you, you do now. Well, um, I'm at River Oaks Country Club right now in Houston, and I've uh, been here 20 years, which is uh, a long time for a chef to be anywhere, right? And uh, I'm very proud of, uh, to be here. The River Oaks is a fantastic property. I grew up in Waterford, Vermont, and I've been, um, I grew up in a, in a country inn, and my dad was a chef, my brother's a chef, and I went from there to the Balsam's Grand Resort Hotel in Northern Tip of New Hampshire, which um, is a four-star, four-diamond uh, resort, and then went to Culinary Institute of America, and then back to the resort where I ended up becoming the executive chef. For, I was there a total of 13 years, but as chef for seven, and then I moved from there to Rochester, New York, um, the famed Oak Hill Country Club, uh, which was an amazing experience, and then here. So I'm proud to say I've had three jobs, which I, th I think is also kind of a, uh, not normal in our industry. Sure. And uh, you, I think you mentioned you mentioned the rest of the stuff. So uh, I'm just, um, you know, it's a tough time right now uh, in the world. But, um, man, I'm just, uh, I wish everybody out there, you know, all the best. And let's try to get through this. And, um, and we will. And I think it's going to actually cause our industry to be amazingly creative. And I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of this and how our, the brilliant people out there in the hospitality field persevere and, and come up with new things and and uh, so first of all I want to wish everybody safe and hope they're well and their families are well but I, I'm I'm really excited about um, all the opportunities to be honest. Cool. So you went to the CIA in Hyde Park New York since you graduated in 1985 uh, when you were in that time is that when you started really integrating into competing uh, how did that how did that come about? Yeah. So first, first off, you're dating me now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so when I was in high school, my dad was the culinary instructor at St. Johnsbury Academy. And, and my dad was an amazing guy. And, and, and he was he always took uh, student teams to the what then was the best well, one of the best culinary shows in the country at the time. There are two amazing shows if you wanted to compete. Well, actually three if you wanted to compete uh, back in the day, and that was Chicago, New York, and Boston. They had, they had amazing culinary salons back in the day. And so my dad always uh, took a student team down there and did very, very well. And then I got the bug when I was, when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, when I was a senior, I, I got a bronze medal um, in a professional category, which really, which as a student. So I was really thrilled about that. And then, then I, when I went to CIA, um, some of your listeners out there would know um, uh, Mark Erickson, certified master chef, and Tim Ryan, master chef, and Ferdinand Metz, and and uh, Buchenkirk, and and all these amazing trailblazers for the World Culinary Olympics. And you can go back and look at those cookbooks. And so I had all those Olympic cookbooks. And when I went to CIA and saw these chefs walking down the hallway, I thought they were gods, you know. And so I I chased them around the hallway and, and nipped at their ankles and and begged them to do something. And uh, then, then the uh, school ended up taking uh, a, a, um, an instructor team to the New York show. And so I won myself an opportunity to apprentice with Mark Erickson, which I've been dear friends with ever since. Um, and so that was my inspiration. So imagine going from high school, winning a, a bronze in a, in a professional category as a student to working side by side as an apprentice um, with a famed culinary Olympian that's already won gold in the World Culinary Olympics. And to see him knock out a platter um, that, you know, in one day uh, that would take me two, three weeks, you know, obviously not uh, to do uh, something not anywhere near 
that caliber, but to see him craftily put it together in an eight hour period, I was like, holy shit. I said, you know, and so I, I fast tracked into how it could be done. Um, that didn't mean I had the skills, but I saw it and, and I'm pretty good. Um, once I see something, I'm able to really do well at it as opposed to read it and figure it out myself. So, so I would say, yeah, that was, um, and then I went and a matter of fact, uh, uh, I went uh, right after I graduated, um, and I got, I won a spot on the, uh, New England Olympic team and I was the youngest guy on the team. So I think that was in 80, late 86 or early 87, right out of college, I got on the team and then we went to the Olympics in 88. And how many trips to the Olympics did you make? That was in Erfurt, Germany? Yeah, uh, no, that was Frankfurt. Um, it was, the Olympics have been in Frankfurt forever and ever and ever. And then whenever that was, what was it, 2000? No, no, it was before that. They moved it at some point uh, to Erfurt and then they moved it um, again. So they actually moved it two at a time since. So um, uh, that was Frankfurt. And uh, we won, our regional team won more gold than any other, any other uh, team. And we were third uh, in the world um, in, uh, um, in regional teams. So that was pretty cool. Um, so that, so that got, got me started. And so to answer your question, sorry, I was getting some texts about what's going on today. Um, uh, so that was my first team. And so I, I've been involved in eight other teams. I think you mentioned in the intro that I won gold on eight teams. I didn't win gold on eight teams. My teams won gold. Uh, so I, I, um, I've been involved in eight teams as a competitor as a coach and as a manager. So I went in 88, 92, uh, I skipped 96. I thought I was retired. Uh, and then I came back in 2000 and I was on the national team. And then I, um, I coached, I, I managed uh, uh, the um, student team in the middle of all that. And then uh, I managed the regional team after that. And then, then I was acted as a coach as well so and now and now judging so i mean that was the, kind of the final chapter sure. um uh to be invited by the germans to co uh to to judge is an amazing honor um you know the year that i went there was only two americans judging and, and the, the, the next time i went there were three americans judging so to do that in the, in the world Colony olympics uh was a great great honor wow <clears throat> So uh, for people that don't know, you do a lot of uh, personal speaking and ins inspirational speaking in, in front of schools and uh, graduating classes. For someone who's been through so much, uh, I know this answer is very revolving, but what, what is it that you would consider your personal secrets of success? So, uh, Obviously, some people are just going to say, I work out every day and I, you know, I just work hard. But uh, rumor has it that you used to ride around with a tape recorder in the car. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of little ticks about you that make you who you are and so special. So what is it that uh, kind of you do personally that sets you apart, you think? Uh, first of all, how did you hear about the tape recorder? <laughs> just doing homework. Kind of you know, just doing homework. Um, well, you know, I had a 15-mile drive, and in Houston, that sometimes can equate to 45 minutes. So, I mean, yeah, man. I, I mean, I mean, even as we uh, speak. You know, by the way, I'm I'm proud of you and your career. Uh, I didn't say that, but uh, um, you worked here at the club, and I'm proud of you as a culinarian and what you're doing and striving. And and, and I love what you. So I, I, I'm proud of you and, and happy that we have a relationship. So I wanted to say that before I forget it. Um, Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I mean, every single day, even up until this phone call, and it's only, it's only quarter to nine in the morning. I, I mean, I started my morning at six um, and I'm busting away. I got some amazing stuff going on and I'm blessed that way. It's, it's, a, it's a curse for my wife, but, um, you know, I just love where I am in my life right now. And, and I've just been, you know, in my book, I mentioned chewing off the table uh, to be successful. And I'm, I've been doing that all my life. 
um, the, the, I'm going to have a million answers to this. We, we could spend the whole podcast on this, sure. on this, on this question. Um, but the, the, what, one of the secrets is, is, is that, that I be, honestly believe that we all have something in us that we're supposed to be doing, that we're supposed to be striving for. We all have dreams. We all have ideas. There's a, there's a million ideas. There's, everyone's got an idea. It's just the difference between a good idea um, uh, is, is if people act on it or not. You know, do you act on it? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it take to act on it? And I'm, I'm not here to, to, to be the one that uh, is, is a great poster child for what's been successful because I'm not. I, sure. I've had a hundred, you know, I've had a, a shit ton of failures, um, but I'm really proud of where I am and what I got going right now and, and the successes I'm having now. So it's paying off. Mm-hmm. But so the first, the first thing is, is find that thing that makes you jump out of the bed in the morning. And, and that hopefully that revolves and hopefully that that's, that there are, the answer to that question will continue to change through your life, but find that thing that, that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and go do it mm-hmm. and act, act on it and start. Um, you know, there's a, there's a great uh, movie and I'm not going to forget the name of it now. Um, Finding Forrester. And, and uh, it's a cool movie. It's probably still on Netflix. And um, uh, it, it basically was about this, this kid who, 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 um, asked this famous author that was in hiding to help him help him um, be a writer and one of the one of the scenes in the in the movie was that that uh, uh connery uh, that's his name connery right the actor mm-hmm. connery sean connery and he stands over the kid and he starts yelling at him he says just start punching the keys and he yells at him start punching the keys and and that kind of resonates resonates with me it's like mm-hmm. god man just start you know and right. If you just start punching the keys, it'll take you to the next page. And, and so I, I believe that well in my heart. And um, as sure as I'm standing here today, I mean, my knuckles are bloody from pounding on doors until they open. Um, so that's one thing. And, and then be true to yourself. I mean, I have a, look, look here's my, well, the, the listeners can't see, but I'm showing you my calendar. And, you know, as you know, the club isn't busy, but my calendar is, is, chalk chalk full mm-hmm. of, of meetings and um and, and and that's a that's an old guy with a written calendar right sure. that, that's you know i'm not i don't have everything computerized and so why i bring that up is if i put something in that calendar it's a contract for me mm-hmm. that means i'm doing it period like just like i said yes to this interview today if i put it in my calendar it's a contract i'm doing it to hell to high water i don't care what's going on I said yes to somebody or I told myself I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So yeah. um, be, be thorough that way. Um, it, yeah. I have a bunch of other different answers to that, but sure. I mean, um, when, uh, in 2013, I received your book leadership lessons from a chef. Hmm. And in that book, there was the schedule enforce follow through. If you remember that mm-hmm. little uh, mm-hmm. segment, but that, that resonated me with, you know, just a ton because it just helped me, uh, you know, more disciplined in my actions and making sure that I am following through with whatever I schedule. And, you know, I think that, you know, that kind of mindset will really help you be successful in in a lot of different situations. Uh, And the third third key to that, Michael, is is the one that where everybody drops the ball, where everybody, especially today's uh, world, is the follow through. Man, if you don't follow through, you know, you're worthless. If you buy a computer, you know, it's not going to solve the world for you, right? It's, 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 it depends on what you do with the computer. What, what do you put into the computer? So, you know, the systems and policies and procedures are only as good as what you do with them. So sure. follow through is a discipline I, I would, I would uh, heavily uh, uh, harp on people. Well, um, obviously you have a lot of successes, but I think some of your biggest success stories are the people that have came through your program and, you know, have mm-hmm. gone off to do much bigger things uh, than they sure. would have ever have anticipated just filling out the application to River Oaks Country Club. So who would you say, or do you have any significance that stand out to you uh, that you're just so proud of, you know, just people that work for you and maybe you want to, kind of resonate. no no I, I i um there's no one 
that I'm more proud of than sure. I'm proud of all of them, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, we have some guy. you're one of them, you know? Um, you know, you had an amazing gig here at the club and, and you did well and you, you were in almost all our kitchens and you fast tracked and, you know, there was a, there was a pretty good future for you here, but you, you jumped and, and, and I love that by the way, the fact that someone jumps, you know, you have to have the courage to jump and you jumped and went, went to a, um, one of the best Mexican restaurants in the country. Um, and that was a huge jump because a you're going there as a sous chef and b uh, you don't know, didn't know the language at the time. Yeah, I didn't I, know Spanish. I, I, I gotta I gotta believe that um, you you know a little bit you know a little bit more now. Um, yeah, uh, at, least, at, at, at least the cuss words anyway. Mm -hmm. But but um so and uh, you weren't you know a foremost expert or highly tuned in you know, the Mexican cuisine. So that was a huge uh, leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And so do you, when you jump in that fire like that and learn it inside out, I mean, you, you tend, you just tenfold your experience. So, I mean, that's a success story. And, and, um, but we have some great people. I think, I think there's about uh, 13 or 14 of them now around the country. And I'm very, very proud of, and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, for, to see, um, these guys and gals out there being successful and for them be kind enough to call me every once in a while, whether it's just to say, Hey, how's it going? Or, or ask, they still ask for, for, um, advice, you mm. know? And I mean, that's the best feeling in the world to, to know that you had an impact on someone's life. And, um, so yeah, it far surpasses any metal, you know, sure. um, the, the relationships, in the world that we cultivated in the world culinary Olympics. And, and when you're on the, on the front line working 50 hours, um, uh, without sleep and, and, and doing something as a team, um, and winning something and, and you know, going through battle and, and being successful is, is, you know, the, what you cultivate out of that is, is lifelong memories. And so, yeah, so I'm blessed. I, I'm, first of all, I got a property that believes in me, River Oaks country club and, and uh, has an, we have six kitchens and, and, you know, 70, we had 75 employees and we were doing 100, you know, 80 to 100 functions uh, uh, a week. Um, you know, that's a great, that's a great um, breeding ground to, um, to, to um, develop great culinarians. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in a great spot. It's just that I chose to do my best at, at doing that. So. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a, you're, you're a busy man sitting there, but you're also, you're writing books. You're, you're running five miles a day. You're on the board of, of culinary schools. You know, you have, tomorrow you're probably in Turkey, you know. <laughs> so how, I like to call it planting seeds. You know, you got, you got things going everywhere. You're, it, it just keeps you busy. And how does like being so multidimensional in the food industry, uh, kind of just help pave a way for you, you know, because it gets you into the avenues of world chef association and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah. how, how has that played out for you? Well, 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 I'm right. Sure. Uh, yeah. um, but this is a deal, um, Michael. You know, you know. I think sometimes we, we in our careers, we, well, you run into to these people who want wanted to want what you have, or they want the job at Riverhouse Country, or they want to be, they want to write books, or they or they want to whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. But the moral of that story is, it's it. You have to earn all that, right? And 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 you don't become president of the World Association of Chef Society, 10 million chefs in 110, 15 countries by accident. Um, and and uh, you will you'll reap what you sow, right? So um, if you're not planting those seeds, you, know, you, you can't jump from the ground to the porch without taking the stairs. You just can't do that. You can't you can't wish that you have that success. And I've come across, I can't tell many, how many culinarians that think that they can't. Um, so, 
street cred is important. And what, what street cred is, is volunteering. It's, be, it's being on those culinary boards. It's volunteering your time at culinary schools. I, I, uh, I, I do at least two demonstrations a, a year at, at one of our local colleges here. And we go over there and we're active, we're active in, their, in their job search. Uh, I always go to them um, and, and offer them opportunities to, to work here first. And so all of that stuff takes effort. And um, it, it's, it's a lot of work. So a, as a young person or anybody out there, the best thing you can do is volunteer for everything. And, and until you start getting that street cred and, 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 but first of all, you have to want to do it, right? It has to be in your heart and it needs to mean something to you. Um, and, um, and then once, you know, joining King Harry is um, a very dear friend of mine and, and she was in the movie, Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, and sh and uh, she was portrayed by Julia Roberts. And in fact, I just talked to her the other day. I'm supposed to call her. I'm looking at her phone number right now. Um, and she was an amazing woman. If you haven't seen that movie, Charlie Wilson's War, Google that and, and go to Netflix and watch that. True story. And, um, and, and she's the one that told me, you know, you, you got to keep pounding and pounding and pounding on the door until your knuckles are bloody and you go on to the next one and it's gonna, that one's going to be closed. And you're going to go on the next one and that one's going to be closed. Um, and finally when you get to that last door and you open it uh, and you'll take a look around and there's so many doors that are wide open, you, you have the choice of which one you want to go down. Um, and so that kind of, um, and I believe that to my core today. So I say volunteer for everything, get involved in everything. That's how you build your network. And that's how you, and you, and you act like a, um, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen and, and always present yourself well and more opportunities come your way and you, and you get a chance to choose which ones you want to go down. So, um, and because of all those relationships, um, it, it, uh, it has allowed me to be successful now um, in my entrepreneurial uh, ventures, you know, and, and it's hard, man. God damn, it's hard. Uh, you know, every day there's, there's failures or, and by the way, I don't call them failures. Um, they're not failures. Uh, and let me just say, <laughs> let, me just, let me just say something about failures um, because it, it's a, a little bit of an epiphany of mine that I might've had 43 or four years ago. Look, I've been pounding on the door forever and you know that you've seen it here. Right. And, and I've, I've worked on probably 10 or 12 different projects. Um, but when, once you start, once you get a hold of one and, 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 and you start it, and it may look like something all the way over to the left. And then eight or 10 months later, or a year later, it looks completely different and it's all the way over on the right. And, and along that way, you tried something, didn't work, you took a left. You tried something, it worked a little bit, you went right. And you tried something. And so they're not failures, it's just, it's just the way that life is bumping you along to where you're supposed to be. And, and I believe that to my core. And, and so, and so now I have a wholly, uh, completely different look and outlook on life where, it, you know, I'm, for instance, I'm working on a company now that's called My Company Radio. You know, it's enterprise podcasting systems for, for private companies or clubs or, or uh, corporations um, and, and, um, and associations right now. We're doing a lot of work for them. And, and so it's bumped me along. You know, four years ago, I started a podcast and, and, and now we're just now we're tenfold from where we were four years ago. So I, I'm doing things today that I wasn't even dreaming about in January. So that, that's, the, that's a long-winded answer to a story of, of, you know, find something that makes you jump out of bed in the morning and, and chase it and start punching the keys and let it bump you along to where you're supposed to be. As long as you never give up, it's going to take you somewhere. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well that's great. I mean, uh, I've I love it. I love it, man. So I want to move into another topic. So out of all your years and experiences, uh, I mean, meeting presidents and going to Iraq and competing in the Olympics, what are some moments in your life where, you know, it's like kind of almost too hard to believe. I call it like an oh shit moment where you're like, you know, you're 
you know, walking through the White House lobby and you're like, oh my God, I, I mean, yeah. you know, what, what, are, what is something like that that happened to you maybe in another country or? Yeah, I almost forgot about the White House. Well, I didn't forget about it, but uh, I wasn't gonna bring, my first thought wasn't the White House. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a surreal moment. We can talk about that. But I think um, Afghanistan was pretty surreal, you know? And, and so um, I've been to Afghanistan three different times and two of those times we went over and uh, to uh, prepare 5,000 meals. The first time was 3,000, second time was 5,000 meals for the, for the troops, a Cajun Creole meal. We served them some amazing food and I mean, you just can't imagine the smiles on their faces. Uh, and by the way, there's video of it. If you want to go to my website, um, chefcharlescarroll.com, you can see the videos of it. It's just, it's, it's emotional. And, um, and then we did uh, three shows the first time and five shows the second time. Uh, uh, these are entertaining shows where, where I brought over um, a team of, of 20 celebrities and support team. And the second time we traveled with uh, 30,000 pounds of show gear, you can imagine. Um, I'm the only civilian ever in the, in, in the history uh, to go over and produce shows in a war zone for for the military. And, and I, I know you're thinking, you know, of the um, the USOs and all those kind of things. But they're, they're, we didn't use USO or MWRs. I uh, it was an individual. It was me. And right. and um, and so that will never happen again because they changed the rules. <laughs> That's on our last show. But. Uh, but to hug those those soldiers um, uh, after, and this is a whole crazy. It, it's an active war zone in, in right. Afghanistan. Yeah, what um, year? We what year is this again? 11 and, 11 and thirteen, I think it was. And and the, the first time we went was six months after the capture of Bin Laden. Um, so it's high alert, man. Um, there were twenty five troops uh, on this base and every single one of them had a live weapon 24-7. Um, and so we went in there with, with comedians and, and uh, you know, a rock band and um, uh, a hypnotist and some, you know, to really cheer these guys up. And we had, we had all kinds of entertainment. But, but the comedian came to me where we're setting up because this stage was intense, right? Um, in, a in a war zone and, and a comedian came up to me uh, you know, the day before the event, he says, chef, I'm worried. And I said, what are you worried about? He says, I'm trying out some of my material on these guys and nobody's laughing. And, and he was right. I mean, this is high alert and people aren't getting days off and, and it's intense. And, and we were, we got some troops that are involved in the show and in the intro of the show and that kind of thing. And it was, it was hard. Um, they were stone faced. And when you're giving them instruction about setting up and, and, and they were, they were happy for the distraction, but, um, so that was a hard start. And, I, and it was, I mean, we went to the hospitals and, and we brought gifts and, and I remember going to the hospital on the base, right? Okay. And this is a guy, I just got his leg shot off. And, and, and during that time, you have a sore throat. <laughs> yeah. Right. During this time, this, uh, this alarms are going off in the hospital and these codes came on and, and they said, please stand up against the walls. And we didn't know what was happening. And all of a sudden here comes two, uh, two soldiers and a, and a translator geared up, man. They just got out of the, the out of the desert, came in the gates. They were geared up and they had a prisoner all bloodied up and they were bringing them in the, in the hospital and it went right in between us in the, in the highway. It was like, Holy shit. Um, imagine, imagine that right after bin Laden was captured, what we were seeing. Right. Yeah. And we were just stone faced, like, geez, you know, like, and there it went. And so the translators with them 24 seven in case the guy mumbles something that they need. Right. And, um, and so they went in to speak with this guy who just got his legs shot off. It was an ambush. And uh, he lost his two pe two people that were in the in the uh, Humvee with him. And here we are with you know I had some autograph stuff from sports, you know from from NBA players, and we had a we had a a DVD player and stuff. And I went in in some T-shirts to give it, and I got in there and I'm thinking, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I I mean this guy doesn't give a shit about a. a a signed autograph basketball by Akeem Olajuwon. And, and I said, Hey, I said, how you doing? And, and 
you can imagine that, that I dreamed about doing this show for over a year, right? So my dream is coming true to be able to go over and hug these troops and, 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 and do all that. And, and, and so all of this is coming fast forward to now I'm in front of this guy. And, and there was, I was sleep deprived because it, it, I, I don't even want to tell you about the trip and how we got there and, and flying on a M130 and, and, and it's, it's hard. It ain't easy. Um, so I'm sleep deprived and, and, and I get to this guy and I just, I don't have a word. A word doesn't come out of my mouth. And this soldier's in front of me. I just saw the prisoners go by and it was sobering to me. And I, I told myself, I said, Charles, fucking stand up and say something you know you know you, you this is your job this is you're supposed to be here say something that that helps this guy and it, and it took me a moment and and this is what he did he saw that i was froze up and he said i said you're the chef right you're the one that brought this whole thing i said yeah he said come on come over here and he said sit down he asked me sit down on the end of the bed he said tell me about what you're doing and I'm thinking, holy shit, this guy just lost his leg two days ago. He lost his two friends that were in the car with him and he was trying to comfort me. And, and I was, I had tears in my eyes. I, 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 I was so disappointed in myself and I was so pissed off. And thank, thankfully it was at the beginning of the trip and I went back and got my head together uh, to be ready for them. And there were, there were five or six other events that we had because we were toured all around that were really hard like that. And, um, and so I, anyway, that was a long story, but it, it, but you talking about emotional time. And so after the show was over at midnight, um, what was a hard and difficult time, um, soldiers lined up at midnight. Um, there was 30 or 40 or 50 deep, uh, and uh, celebrities just to line up and to thank us. And Hey, can you give, can you, can you, here's my mom's address. Can you call her when you get home? Tell her you saw me. Can you take a picture with us? And, and, and I was, they were just putting their hand out to thank you, sir. And I pulled them in. I hugged it. I hugged every one of them. So yeah, it was emotional. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about your latest book, the recipe. Mm -hmm. um, I've read the book, obviously, couple times and I, I knowing you it, it reflects so much of your life so how was that experience writing that book um and working with the uh, new york times bestseller john david mann yeah because yeah. i mean that that's a an incredible story for anyone mm. that that any, anyone for anyone that, that should read that book so I mean, I mean, yeah. So, so let me, let me talk, let me go back and talk about go ahead. punching the keys. So, so I, my first book, Leadership Lessons from a Chef, I, I was reading a book by Jack Welch and I'm not a big, I wasn't a big reader. I'm not a big reader now, but I've changed my way. And that's a whole nother story. So I'm reading this book on the plane. I'm going to my mom's birthday party and I don't remember the year, um, 04, 04 maybe. And, and it was Jack Welch and I'm reading and I was totally inspired. And I said, you know what? A lot of the things that he's talking about in this book, I do, but I do it in a culinary way about leading teams. And that's what started it. Imagine that just one thing. As a matter of fact, I was listening to a podcast this morning on the way in that was an aha moment. It was an oh shit moment. I came and wrote down that, that stuff that I'm already doing, but I'm able to partner with somebody else. So that, sometimes it just takes one thing that to give you that aha moment. So, so I was flying to Florida and I got off the plane. My brother and my father picked me up and I said, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And my dad pats me on the shoulder and he, he says, good for you. Now get in the car. Let's go. I said, no, serious. I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called leadership lessons from a chef. Um, no, I'm, no, it was going to be called finding time to be great. Mm -hmm. That's what it's going to be called. The, the publisher changed the name uh, to leadership lessons. of a chef finding time to be great. And, um, and so we talked about it for the next 30 minutes and how I was inspired. And I said, well, they said, well, good for you. And that was in January. And so when we got on, I got on the plane and I started, uh, 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 on the way back, I started punching the keys. I had no idea what I was doing. 
I just started writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And then I moved stuff around and, and I don't know how to write a book. And, um, and I had it, uh, and, and by March or April, I had what I thought was a book. It wasn't, it's just a manuscript of a bunch of notes. And then, and then I wanted to, um, uh, I, I went online and Googled, how do you publish a book? And, and I said, send it to 50 publishers and they will say no and send it to 50 more. And then, and then you'll, you know, you'll hopefully you get two or three that say yes. So I sent it to 50, um, two responded and said no. And I sent it to another 25 with no, uh, with no response. And I was depressed. I was, I was upset. And I was like, what am I going to do now? I was talking to a friend of mine. This is a power of networking. The power of networking is a, is a, is an amazing. And even where I stand today and all the things that I've done in my life and my, I still don't network to the, to the 10th degree. So this is a lesson for all your listeners is, is make sure you continue to network just like we are right now. And so I was talking to a buddy of mine who's, who's a culinary instructor and uh, a very, very dear friend. And he says, Charles, what the hell's wrong with you? Just talk, why don't you just ask some of our friends who are authors? I said, I don't know any authors. He said, sure you do. Boom, 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 boom. I said, holy shit, I forgot. I forgot they were authors. And they were, they were very dear friends. Sure enough, I called two of them. They said, yeah, I put it in front of my publisher. And they did. And, um, and so, so let's go back to the timeline. January, I told my dad. March, I was frustrated. And, I, I, and uh, May, I, I, w- I was in contact with a couple of publishers. July, I went to the National Culinary um, Federation Convention um, I think it was in Orlando and I was a speaker there. And so I was speaking about some of the, some of the things that I wanted, I wanted to speak about at, with the book, with leadership lessons. And, um, and the place where there was four speakers at the same time, one of them was Ferdinand Metz, one of the most renowned chefs in the world speaking to the right of me. And I'm thinking, shit, I'm not going to get, you know, 10, 15 people in my session. So I opened the doors and I had music blasting from my, I was already planning this. I had music blasting in the hallways before we started. And I had a slide deck with, with all the um, pictures of, of, uh, of, um, of some amazing food. And, um, and so people are walking by. It was like a rock and roll show. They said, well, shit, let's go to this one. So my room was packed, 200 people, because I counted the chairs, <laughs> 200 people, people sitting on the floor, and I had a buddy of mine that I was presenting with, and we knocked it out of the park. We had them laughing. We had them crying. I was demoing 10 plates at the same time I was going over leadership lesson. It was a home run. It was one of the best presentations I've ever done. Mm. What I didn't know was that there were three publishers in the audience. And then the reason why the three publishers were in the audience is because we sent him my manuscript, and I said, we need to see what this guy's about, see if we want him to invest in him or not. And so I didn't know who they were. And yeah. I didn't know they're in the audience, but they sure as hell knew who each of them, each of them were because they're competitors. And so next thing I know, I had two offers on, on publish my first book. So that's what I'm talking about when, yeah. when I'm talking about networking, about punching the keys and keep on going until it happens. So that was the first book. And I say that because it leads into my third. So I'm sitting, I had this idea for, and in fact, I had, I think, seven or eight chapters written. Uh, about this idea, and I read John David's man, uh, The Go-Giver, his yeah. book, and it was a great book, and, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm sitting in, in my coffee table, uh, my breakfast table at I don't know, 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and, and I look, and I see, I see uh, John David Mann on Facebook. That's the holy shit. I said, I just read his book, so I pinged him, and he pinged me back. And I almost fell off the chair. I said, wow, this is so cool. And so I started a dialogue with him. And, and next thing you know, uh, he was down at River Oaks Country Club two or three months later speaking to our members um, about his book. And, 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 and before that happened, by the way, I sent him a, uh, I, we got on the phone, we had a nice chat. And so, yeah, let me think about it. And so the next day I went and I, I bought some, some really high quality dry, dry pasta, a bottle of truffle oil, some sun-dried tomatoes, um, some dry morels, and uh, some truffle paste. <clears throat> and I wrapped it nicely in a box and put some, some nice uh, tissue in there. And I folded it all up 
and I, I mailed it to him. And, and from that day forward, we've been best friends. Um, so, so you have to think outside the box, right? And, right. and, um, and he's a foodie. And, and so, yeah, John David Mann, I think he's up to 20 or 25 books. He's in that, he's, I think he's a 10 or 12 time national and bestselling author. And we wrote the recipe. So um, you can't wish for things to happen, right? You have to think outside the box and, and, and think, how am I going to do this, right? It, it, it was a lot of work to go buy all, that, all those ingredients and then wrap them up in a box and find his address and mail it to him. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it was the experience of opening up the box and finding um, some beautiful Tiffany colored tissue paper. And then once you open that up, it was carefully packed beautifully. You open that up and there was a recipe that uh, with my logo on it and, and some stuff in there. And there's a, that's a cool recipe. You open up and there's some beautiful ingredients, high in olive oil. So, so it was experience. And, and so I encourage everybody to, think outside the box and just keep dreaming. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I had my podcast. That's a whole nother story about the podcast that, you, which is what you're doing right now. Um, and I asked uh, my cousin is good friends with Louis Guzman. And I said, Hey, I'd like to get him on the, on the podcast. And he said, well, I don't know. He's really busy right now. He's a famous actor. If you don't know who he is, uh, Google him, you'll recognize him. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, he's really busy right now because he and his son are starting a production company. I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. I said, I, I have a book that I want it to become a movie. So, um, so next thing you know, I said, forget about the podcast. Can you get the book in front of him? And so we sent him uh, the book and he and his son loved it. And they optioned it to be a movie, which means nothing right now other than the fact that um, someone cares about it, right? Um, and so we're, we're still pushing on that times are tough right now mm -hmm. um, but we're still pushing on that and I, I started you know I, I, I did another dream of mine which is to have a TV show not to be on it um, but this uh, called also called the recipe so my podcast is the recipe um, which I'm now partnered with chef's roll by the way which I'm very proud of that's a whole nother deal that's gonna go out in front of 1.3 million followers um, so we'll, we're rebranding the podcast now and that will be debuting that in the next six weeks or so um, and, uh, so I had a TV show that, that, um, I raised the money for, I hired some guys from California who came in and shot it. And, um, I got it. I, after a shit ton of work, a lot of work, I finally got it optioned by a company out in LA called Fresh Cats Entertainment. Um, and they just finished a couple movies. They just bought an $8 million studio. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe they'll shoot part of that movie uh, in their studio, in their huge studio that they just bought. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the uh, TV show, Sizzle Reel, called The Recipe, uh, that we are, um, it's all about the heart and the journey of the chef and what it took to be successful. Um, and, and to survive. And when I mean survive, I mean to survive against all odds, incarceration, uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, you name it. Um, uh, these these stories that are have chefs that are sometimes cheated death and and now dug their way out of it and now are successful that's what the tv show is we, we want to we it's an it's an emotional show we want to touch the hearts of of the the end user by the way everything i try to do i want to touch people's hearts that's what i want to do mm -hmm. and and um in that by the way i wish i had the trophy here but um uh, two or three weeks ago, won an award called the Telly Award, um, the TV show. So the TV show's not out yet, um, it, it's, uh, but the Sizzle won an award. And, um, you know, I just keep pounding on the door every day to, until, until it happens. So that's, that's, what I'm, that's one of the other things I'm working on. That's a shit ton long-ass long answer. <laughs> Good, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Um, one of your quotes from your book that I love so much is uh, focus on your work, not the titles. If you produce beyond expectations, the titles will come, uh, which is from your first book, Leadership Lessons from a Chef. Um, what, how is, how important has it been, even at your age, just staying patient and like, you know, because I'm sure 
you, I mean, as an executive chef, you want things done in an orderly fashion and you want things to come, you know, kind of as you want it. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're dabbling into these new realms of professions. So like, you know, maybe producers don't go at the same pace as an executive chef, you know, or something like that. So, uh, How is uh, just really honing in on your work? I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, well, it, for culinary, let's start there. It's a quick answer. And it, I understand it, right? Everybody wants a name on the jackets. Everybody wants their, their title on the jackets. They want business cards and they want the money and they want to be in charge. They want all that stuff. And I, and, I, and I get it. And, and, and all the people that we mentioned before that we have some great culinarians that, that work here and gone on to be successful. Um, you have to have a little bit of, um, of tough, you have to have a lot of toughness. You have to have, I don't want to say arrogance, but you have to have an edge, right? You mm -hmm. have to have that thing mm -hmm. that makes you want all that stuff. But you sh it shouldn't be that that you want. Right. You know, I've said, I said several times to uh, to people that say, well, this guy's got that and this guy's got that. Why don't I have any of that? I said, bro, you know, you're going to surpass the people that you just mentioned. You're going to surpass all of them as long as you focus on the right thing. And, and uh, so if you bust your ass and you chew off the end of the table, do whatever it takes to be successful and learn every single thing that we have in all of our kitchens, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, but don't worry about the freaking black pants for Christ's sakes, you know, don't worry about that shit. Just worry about becoming an expert in every single kitchen that you're in. And whoever's in charge there want to know more about their job than they know. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you start there um, and if you fall a little short, you're still going to be great. But, but want to know more about the job than they know. And, and, and you're going to be pretty damn good. And if you do that with every single job that you do, um, you're going to be successful. I guarantee it. Uh, want to know more about the job than they know. So then that should be a, what I call a swing thought. Just, just remember that. Want to know, you, you're going to have a lot of, lot of mentors, a lot of lessons, a lot of bosses. Um, if you're in properties right now, you know, you're going to work a particular station. Want to know the station better than the person teaching you. Want to know the kitchen better than the chef that runs it. Mm -hmm. And if you have that mentality, you will be successful. Don't worry about it. it, it it's just like um, putting money in the bank. You know, you, you, um, uh, you have to put money in a bank and then, and eventually it's going to, it's going to gain interest, but you got to put the money in the bank first. You got to put, you got to put the work in first. Um, now look where I am in my life right now. Right. I mentioned the TV show. I mentioned the movie. I mentioned uh, whatever, all the other stuff that I mentioned. I, I'm, I'm trying to get a TV show produced. I'm not in it. I'm, I'm not the host. Uh, I'm not looking for my title on it. I'm doing it because I have the passion to do it. And, and if it makes money, great. I just want the story told. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you know, do I think I'm going to get rich off this TV show? Not in a million years. Not, not, I, I don't, you know, will something freakishly happen and I make some money off it? Maybe, maybe, maybe so. And I hope so, but that's not why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing it to make money, it's a whole, it's, it's a wrong thing. So I'm doing it because the story is great. We need to tell these stories. Um, so, so if you, if you do things um, for the right reasons, doors will open. Afghanistan, I didn't get paid a dime. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get any promotions. I didn't get any jackets. I didn't get any of I, I wasn't on TV. I didn't, it wasn't a TV show. It wasn't any of that, right? It was a passion project. And when you do, when you, when you become part of things that are bigger than you are, doors will open up a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Now listen to that just for a second. When you, when you become part of projects that are bigger than you, when you stand for things that are bigger than you, when you work hard towards things that are bigger than you, you will become successful at a hell of a lot quicker and doors will open so much faster. That's your street cred, right? The, the hard sweat and tears. Did I make a shit ton of money on books? No. Did it help a little bit? Put my kids through college a little bit, a little bit, mm -hmm. but it, uh, I gave way more books than I sold. I, I feel like, yeah. you know, um, and, and Afghanistan, 
that's a passion project, man. That, that was, that was two and a half, three years of my life working on it every day. Um, did, I'm not a dime richer or more famous or any of that, but it's now become street cred because I was that guy. I can't tell you how many times I'm going to conventions or traveling or something. Hey, he's done so much for the troops. When you, as soon as you do something for somebody else, doors open. When I, when I started asking people um, for donations for the, for the, for the troops, we raised a half a million dollars. I raised a half a million dollars personally um, to help uh, pull that off and, and bring those shows um, to Afghanistan. So, so volunteer for everything, be involved in things that are bigger than you are, um, and get involved in different associations and, and whether it's American Culinary Federation or, or be on, on, a, on a board at a culinary school or, or volunteer to go dem do a demonstration as a visiting chef, whatever it is, that's part of your street cred. That's part of your credibility and who you are as a person. And uh, you'll be rewarded for it. Well, well thank you, <laughs> Chef Carol. I appreciate you very, very much, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. I know you're busy, so... No, Chef, you're welcome, man. Yeah. Chef, thank you so much for coming on here, man. I uh, We got to do it again because there's probably another three hours to ask you worth of stuff. So Yeah, I mean, we could talk, I could talk all day on this stuff. I mean, I'm passionate about it and, um, and uh, yeah, so, but I would, I would, um, I would uh, like, like for people to inspire them to go to my website, chefcharlescarroll.com and, and go order some books there um, or, um uh, the, my company, my company radio, uh, is mycompanyradio.com. And we are doing some special things. We're helping people. We're helping associations, um, in broadcast and, and help them get involved with getting sponsorship and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just loving where I'm in right now. And, and, um, and again, I'm very proud of you, man, and uh, seeing what, you, what you're doing. And, and, um, I'm glad you get this podcast off the ground and, Thanks. and, uh, I hope that, uh, I hope that you have more. Now listen, I started. I started just like you. I, yeah. I had a I had a podcast four years ago in our spare bedroom, and which was a which my wife thought was pretty awesome. <laughs> Not really. No. Um, and uh, and now we have a studio. So um, so the moral of the story today is just like let life bump you along to where you're supposed to be. Great, Chef. Well, thank you so much, Chef. All right, brother. All right, brother. I'll see you soon. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.